The sermon series, uh, Our Place in God's World, continues uh, today. Uh, this is Our Place in God's World as it relates to money. Uh, we spend a fair share of our time dealing with money, either earning it or um, spending it. So it's an important player in how we see ourselves in our place in God's world. Originally, I, I, the topic was our place in God's world, the economy, but at sermon starters, they made it very clear to me that I should not use the word economy in the sermon because it would confuse people and fog up minds. I know myself, when, when we look at the um, investment statements with the church money manager, I, I have no idea what he's talking about. He prepares a, a semi-annual portfolio, and I don't know. I'm just glad somebody knows what he's talking about, because I don't. And uh, economy can bog us down as we think about Wall Street and Main Street and supply side and, and uh, global economy, local economy, and so on. Economy itself just comes from the word, the Greek word, that means ordering the house. An economy is about ordering the house, uh, and so is money. So I'm just going to talk about money and the place of money in our lives and how, how we relate to money and how, um, how that is uh, how we relate to God in a way. <clears throat> I'm going to follow uh, John Wesley's sermon called The Use of Money. There are times that people like to hear preachers preach, but they don't like to have preachers meddle. And, and uh, there, you know, when a preacher talks about money uh, or sex, the preacher is considered to be meddling and should stop preaching and stop meddling. Well, just so you can rest easy, I will be preaching about sex on August 20th. Uh, so, so circle that date. Yeah. Come early, you know, the parking lot. But today is money and the use of money. Wesley says there are three principles to the use of money. Uh, They are gain all you can, save all you can, give all you can. Gain all you can. For Wesley, money was good. Money was to be praised. It was a wonderful thing. Uh, for Wesley, you know, it facilitates interaction and, and commerce with people, how difficult he thinks it would be, you know, if we were always bartering and weighing things and so on. He says money facilitates things. And for him, money is, is housing, money is clothes, money is food, money, as he says, is, are, are, are eyes to the blind, money is drink to the thirsty. Money is a wonderful thing to him. Money is good. It's how people use money that is bad. So he, he really follows the pastoral epistles, you know, which says the root of all evil is the love of money. It's not money, it's the love of money. And he says, we who use money are at fault. Money itself is just kind of indifferent. Now having said gain all you can, Wesley puts some limits on it. He says, you do not, one does not gain all one can at the expense of one's health. You don't impair your health. 
Now I have to say that when, I think when Wesley wrote this, um, there was a notion that people had a choice in what they gained and what they saved and what they gave. Uh, some people don't have that choice where they work and if they have a job and so on. And that, that is an economic issue, a tragic economic issue of itself. But Wesley puts limits on, you know, so gain all that you can, but not to the expense, the expense of your health and not to the expense of your spirit or your mind or your soul. And, and Wesley gives some latitude here. He says that some people um, should not have certain jobs because it would affect their soul and their relationship with God. Other people can have the same job and it would have no effect on their relationship with God or their relationship with their neighbor. He says, he, says he for example, could never be a mathematician because if he were a mathematician, he would probably become an atheist. Other people, he said, that's no problem, but it is for me. Then he goes on to say, gain all you can, but not at the expense of your neighbor. Don't take your neighbor's land. Don't take your neighbor's house. Don't undercut your neighbor's profession so that he is driven out of business. Be mindful of how you're affecting your neighbor. And don't impair your neighbor's health. Don't impair your neighbor's soul. These are some limits he puts on it. He's very much in the spirit of Leviticus chapter 25. This is the chapter that has to do with the year of Jubilee. It's the, it's the Sabbath given the earth and the economy. What, what Ben read is, do not impair the earth. Gain all you can, but not at the expense of the earth. Gain all you can, but don't destroy the earth. Don't pollute the water, the air, the land. There are limits to what we gain. And then this year of Jubilee goes on and talks about don't enslave your neighbor. Every 50 years, those who have had to sell themselves into slavery, whose poverty has gotten so bad, are released. Every 50 years, debts are wiped out. There's a reset button in the Old Testament so that the gap between rich and poor just doesn't get bigger and bigger and bigger. There's a reset where things are leveled out again. We don't live at the expense of our neighbor or the land. There are questions that we need to ask when we think about gain all we can. Where is what I'm gaining come from? What will be used, how will it be used when I'm done with it? 
And what is the true cost of what I am gaining? You know, blood diamonds are a classic example of that. Is unemployment for someone the cost of what I'm gaining? There was a, an experiment run in Berlin several years ago where they, somebody put up a vending machine and it was um, selling t-shirts and if you wanted a particular t-shirt you'd you know put your euros in and punch that button and you'd get your t-shirt out. Well what this vending machine did was you'd put your Euro, euros in and you'd punch the t-shirt that you wanted and it would show a video of the situation of the person who had made that video. And for example, it would show the video of a child in Indonesia who works 16 hours a day for 15 cents an hour. And it said, this is, this is the true cost of your t-shirt. <laughs> and then at the end of the video, it would give the individual a choice. Do you want your t-shirt or do you want the euros you've already deposited to go for a, a human rights cause that will work for justice and fair wages in Indonesia. The overwhelming majority of people decided to give their money to the cause for human rights and fair employment in Indonesia. This is called the principle of proximity. That the closer we are to realizing the effect of what we're earning has on someone, the more likely we are to have what we're earning influenced and you know, we feel obliged to that person. The further we are away from that person, the less obliged we are. Pope Francis calls this the globalization of indifference. But gain all you can. Gain all we can, but not at the expense of the earth or our neighbor or ourselves. What does it profit a person to gain the whole world but lose their soul? The next thing Wesley talks about is save all you can. And this is where I think he really meddles. This is where he meddles and he stops preaching. He comes out very strongly against luxuries and superfluities. Wesley would have, I think, been very opposed to credit cards. I think he would have been very opposed to impulse buying and instant gratification. He comes out strongly against um, jewelry and ornamentation. He comes out strongly against um, theater and any kind of, you know, spectator event. Um, he comes out very strongly against flower gardens because those flowers could, that ground could grow vegetables, and vegetables are what it needed in a hungry London and in a hungry England. Um, you just don't spend things. Uh, the question to ask is, do I really need this? And why do I want it? Is it a want or is it a need? Am I gratifying my desires? Am I somehow boosting my ego? You know, and buying this stuff, am I justifying my existence in some way? 
you know, there's a lot of good in saying save all that you can. We read stories periodically of, of athletes who make millions of dollars a year and then when they retire they have nothing because they've spent it all. You know, they didn't save. So save all you can. It seems like when he says save all you can, he's giving us a choice to spend it on this and not that. When I went to Nicaragua in 1990, um, I was blown away by the poverty of Nicaragua. Um, it's the second poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. And when I came home, um, I really tried to conserve water because water was rationed there and I really watched what I ate for a while. Um, but I instituted this policy of never again would I buy something and not give something away. I would not increase what I had. So, so you know, if I bought a shirt, I'd give a shirt away. If I bought shoes, I'd give a pair of shoes away. It, it reached a point where one Christmas, Susan said to me, um, I found this sweater that I really thought you'd look good in. But I knew if I gave you this sweater, you'd give a sweater away. And I really like the sweaters you have. So I didn't get you anything. <laughs> but I, there are times when I go shopping and I just, I'm just paralyzed. You know, I hold something and I think, do I really need this? Do I really need this? Why am I getting this? Last Sunday, I have to admit, I, Phil Moots walked into the milling area and he had on this really attractive tie. It was a madras tie. It was a madras tie and, and I thought, man, I haven't had a tie I haven't bought a tie in 20 years, at least. And uh, I know some of you have commented on that. And, <laughs> and so I saw then that Joseph Banks was having a 50% sale on everything in the store. So I thought, I'm going to get a Madras tie. And I went to Banks and I, I saw this tie. And there was another Madras tie that was kind of green and yellow. And it was really pretty too. And so I'm standing there thinking, well, should I get this or that or should I get any? So you know what I did? I got both. Yeah, I got both. You know, sometimes you just don't save all you can. And sometimes you can't afford to save so much money. Um, but save all you can. It's out there. Wesley really raises the issue. Third thing is give all you can. Wesley says that once we've provided for ourselves moderately, then we provide for our spouse and our children, our household and our servants moderately. Then, if there's anything left over, we provide for the community of faith. 
Then if there's anything left over, we provide for those in need beyond the community of faith. But he talks as if the whole purpose of gaining and saving is to give. For Wesley, the purpose of earning and saving is to give as an evidence of love for our neighbor. Money for him, the use of money for him, is a medium for love. It's kind of contrary to our economy, which is about consuming and taking and getting. And Wesley's idea for money is to give, to show love. Now this is very, very much like what Paul writes about in Ephesians, where he's talking about how a Christian should live. And he says, stop thieving. There were thieves in the early church. Stop thieving. Stop taking. And then he says, be employed in honest industry. Exchange, barter, buy and sell. So that you can give to those in need. For Paul also, the purpose of money and work is to give in love. Why? Well, Paul says, because we're made in the image of God. And God is a giver. God is not a taker or a getter. God is a giver. God gives love. God gives breath. God gives life. God gives water and air and land and community and Christ. God is a giver. And when we are givers, we are lined up with God and in sync with God and on the same page with God. We are made in the image of God. When Paul lays out this, give up thieving, be engaged in, inner, in uh, industry honestly, and give, he kind of lays out how we relate to people. We can relate to people as takers. We can exploit them, we can use them, we can manipulate them, we can use them to get what we want, and sometimes we do that. We're takers. Other times we're getters. You know, you do this for me, I'll do that for you. It's a bartering, it's a, it's a contractual arrangement. And other times we're givers. And when we're givers, we're also receivers. We relate to God that way, too. We can take from God, we can get from God, and we can give to God. Now, when are we the happiest and most cheerful and the most joyful? Is it when we're taking? Is it when we're getting? Or is it when we're giving? 
think most of us, this, it's when we're giving. It's when we're giving that we're aligned with God. And this is how our money, our use of money, intersects in our relationship with God. Because giving and love reinforces who we are in God's world. So, gain all you can. Save all we can. And give all we can in love because we are made in God's image and that's our place in God's world. May it be so. Amen.